It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spurs in full cry here. Welcome, listeners, to the Extra Inch. My name is Windy, and I'm joined on this bonus episode of the podcast by a man who is probably recognisable to many of you. Uh, if you don't know him, welcome to Flav, presenter, producer, and now owner of the Fighting Cock podcast. Welcome, Flav. Owner. <laughs> uh, thank you, mate. I'm, um, You're a businessman now. Very a businessman. Um, I, I'm really, really happy to be on it. Well, we talked about doing this for a while, and uh, you know, I'm happy, happy to do it. So, um, um, I love the extra inch i love what you guys have done and um it was great to be a part of it at the beginning but it's even sort of more special in a way watching you guys go out and do it and make it proper very kind of you fab um what we're going to do is first talk about the beginnings of the fighting cock uh so it's sort of i guess the first thing to think about is where did the original idea come from for you can i just apologize for any like any chickens or children in the background mm. obviously i'm isolating like everybody else so mm. just like you know excuse those the noises of my household um, uh, where, where did it start? <clears throat> I I used to write a blog called Cox to the West for a message board called uh, THFC Latest Two, which was kind of like a really weird, um, really interesting, very cliquey message board where it was basically frequented by about 30, 40 people who became pretty close friends by and, by and large. And But anybody else who wanted to get on the message board, once this click had formed, uh, found it very difficult and a bit weird. There was lots of nuances to the way um, you needed to behave on this message board in, in order to, to survive or not get fed up and leave. And... Um, and as weird as that sounds now, because the internet is so, so much bigger and, and there is no privacy in the internet back then had a much more sort of it was secular. So you belong to message boards, you stuck to the message boards, you know, so a lot of it was closed off, there was private forums and it was very different. So we created a quite a unique sense of humour. And I just had this idea to write a blog that was in keeping with the tone of the message board, but was also about Tottenham. So it was in if I was being really bold about it, I would say it was a kind of satirical look at Tottenham but I've read some of the stuff now and there's not much satire in there at all right rather it's it's just shit <laughs> just shit work really but I was a kid and anyway I was always interested in producing producing content in, in some form um and so the idea of doing a podcast didn't you know I used to listen to the Spurs show a lot um I used to like 
I feel Cornwell's impressions of Juan de Ramos and Martin Yo and stuff. And that's what got me hooked onto podcasts, but there weren't much around then. It was just that. And I think there was the cock on ball or something like that. I can't remember. Um, so there just felt like there was a niche. And the, and the reason why I thought there was a niche was because the Spurs show weren't talking about Tottenham the way I, I felt about them, the conversations I was having with my friends and my brothers. Uh, they were very kind of negative and, and um, they reached, I guess they reached an age in life where they'd seen it all and, and they just wanted the, they, they wanted to fit. They wanted the, they, they'd been damaged by Tottenham for so long that mm-hmm. they they become tired of it. Whereas I was starting the podcast was um, very uh, I was more philosophical about what it meant to be Tottenham. It weren't about winning; it was about belonging and that kind of stuff, which is um, as faded as years go on. Yeah, you had a different energy to your support for Spurs than, than they did, I guess. And there's nothing wrong with with either approach. But um, you're right that the fighting cock, as it evolved, is very very different to the Spurs show. But in terms of that evolution did you have plans for it at the beginning um no no no, there's never been a plan there's no there's no plans there's never (laughs) there's never we're 10 years in now pretty much and um no, well, nine, nearly ten in July, and um, there's never been a plan. It all the plan was always: can we talk about Tottenham in an interesting and um, funny way that will resonate with other Spurs fans that think the way that we do? Uh, that was the plan. There was nothing more to it than that. And I think you see, as as the show's very similar to what it used to be like when when we started, but very different as well. Remember when we started, it was very um, a lot of it was about trying to change football for the better, trying to reduce ticket prices, lobby lobbying the um, lobby. In the, the the club for safe standing, we did a we did a survey back in the day where where we collected the thoughts and opinions, wrote out a survey, collected the thoughts and opinions of between two thousand and two thousand five hundred people, which is well over the number you need to get a reliable. Um, a reliable uh, section of, of, of Spurs support or any subsection of society. You don't need that many. So it's very conclusive and it's about safe standing. And we, we, we published one and we sent, we hand delivered a, a copy of this document that we produced, the report on, on this survey that we, we'd undertook. And, um, and we hand delivered it to the club. I hand delivered it to the club. So I, I was so, I felt that that was such an important thing that we should bring standing back to football. Um, not, not in a million years would I do that now. Not in a million years. <laughs> not, it's just, it's a waste of time. And, and, that's, and that's a shame, really. What I found is that football fans, uh, Spurs fans in particular, some other, other clubs are better at it than, than us. Most of them just want to go and watch the football. They don't want to fight. They don't want, they don't want the football club that they follow to be another thing that makes them frustrated or as much as they can't, can. And if the players and the team weren't doing it on the pitch, and they're certainly not going to create more problems themselves by fighting the club about ticket prices. They just want to pay the money and go home. If we win, great. If we lose, you know, that's a shame, but we go back to our house. And that's what I found that through two or three years of campaigning for what I thought most most Spurs fans wanted at, at the club and, and football in a wider sense, I, I just realised I was a bit naive and, and in, in, in the minority. Most, most fans just didn't give a shit. So do you think there was part of you at the start that thought, I've got these views, I know other people have views, maybe I can create some kind of um, groundswell of support and, and actually achieve something through the podcast? I think once we realised that there was an audience there, that with that audience, like this, bear in mind, this is me as a, a naive, um, less mature person than I am now when we started. Ten years ago is a long time. Working you know? in the charitable sector as well. I was working in the chari- charitable sector. I was very 
left wing focus. I my, my drive was for the betterment of the of the everyman, and you know I used to read a lot of fucking stupid, well, not stupid books, but idealistic books that, that carve your identity when you're formulating ideas as a, a you know in your late teens to early twenties. And I was reading all the books that would made me feel like the world was unjust. Mm. And I just carried that forward into into football, and probably should have done it in something that means a little bit more than football. But you know that that was where I was where I was at. I was working with charities, working with young people, helping them, trying to help them, and reading these books that were influencing me in the, in the way, and became like football's wrong, isn't it? Football, there's, there's a lot of a lot about football that needs to be fixed. Like we're getting bent over each week for our ticket prices. We want safe standing. No one listens to us. Atmosphere is being quelled. We've been told to sit down constantly. We need to fight back. This is our game, and the fact is, it's just. In it, I was, just, I was just caught up in it and trying to do something through with the podcast that made made a difference. Um, and um, did fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, you, do you have memories of your first Fighting Cock podcast? Do you remember kind of yeah. who was there, what the equipment was, where we, where you were based? What Vividly. was the what was the plan? Vividly, again, no plan. It was just uh, I, my little brother had a first in sound engineering and like at university he went to Brighton, so he was really switched on and. Not just switched on in terms of being able to capture sound, but in order to be creative with the jingles and um, and then you know to this day still still helping us with, with the creative aspect of the audio stuff that we do. Um, so I knew I had him, which was the hardest bit, right? Because if you have someone technical who can do this shit, it makes it so much easier. Um, well, or it would be impossible without them. So I had them. And then I knew I had relationships. So I, I had relationships with Ricky, my best mate, who, as we all know, is the one of the funniest people you ever meet, one of the nicest people you ever meet. And I knew if I could get a conversation going with Ricky on a, on a mic that we can't fail here. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, like me and Ricky would go football and we'd spend 80% of the day just cracking up and laughing. So we, we found, me and Ricky always found a way of making each other laugh. And that's not because we're funny. It's just that we find each other funny. And, and, and that's a really great thing to be able to take into a, into a podcast that I have found um but obviously I didn't want to just I didn't want to I didn't want to launch the podcast and no one listened to it like there's one thing I mean all of us are egotistical enough to want to do something that we think other people will, will enjoy listening to we want to produce something and it's not we're not producing it for us we're not artists right we're producing something because we want other people to listen to what we have to say um if you're an artist it doesn't matter if one person or a million people watch it it's about the creative aspects of what you're doing but with podcasting or or any kind of broadcasting uh whether that be written written journalism or anything you're you, it, this is ego based we're saying stuff because we want other people to listen to us right um so i didn't want to start the fighting cop without having an audience there ready made so i thought there was two things two people i knew who had a ready-made audience that i thought the podcast could then uh, sort of leech off uh it was jack cussy trunk who had at the time an incredibly successful animation uh youtube animation series um i don't think he realized until later how big that was at the time at youtube like he was getting hundred thousand views mm. 12 13 years ago like you, you, I, I, I when i worked at bull street which is a football media company 95 98 percent of our videos wouldn't hit 100,000, and that was in the, the look how many people are using youtube now so that's how big that was so i had him and jack and he was interested in getting involved because like like all of us he's you know he's, he's he wants his opinions heard and his voice heard um and then spooky as well so spook had dear mr levy it does have dear mr levy which remains the best written stuff out there in my opinion for tottenham but uh, back then he was prolific he was writing he was writing constantly and i'd, I'd read everything and i always admired him and I admired that 
um, to his blog. And I thought that that had an element of class that a lot of uh, most other blogs didn't. And he was writing about football, but it looked great. The, the website looked great. Had these nice little weird cartoons on them, and it, it just had it was just an interesting place to go and read about Spurs. And he was well up for it as well. And then from that point, it was just um, it was just building. It was finding people that, that I liked and get on with, and, and asking if they wanted to be get on to, to get involved, like yourself and Bardi and all the others. Um, but yeah, the first time, sorry to answer your question, I'm guilty again on. Tangent then, sorry, but um, the first the first time I was in a pub in uh, called the Alexandra in Crouch End, and we asked them if we could just take an area of the pub. Uh, it was me, Spooky, Ricky, uh, Jack, and that's it, I think. And then we had Alex as well. Uh, my, my little brother was on the mic. Um, yeah, and it was awful. Like you listen to it now, it's shit. It's so bad. It's so so bad. But there there is a tinge of um, or, or a hint of what we could what we had the potential of doing and and like when I say that I don't mean anything we haven't done anything really other than sit and record but so the potential of what the podcast could be there was a hint of it I can hear it in it when when we were recording but I've only listened to it a couple of times it's really really cringeworthy I remember uh, when I got involved with the fighting cock I started originally sending in my recordings for your halftime section and it was about the youth players mm. and then we kind of all became friends and you invited me to come onto the podcast and I turned up after work I'd come straight from work, I was wearing a suit and at the time you were recording in the second-hand clothes shop, vintage yeah. clothes shop in Crouch End, yep. and I met you all, went for a beer first in the pub down the road, and then we went to this clothes shop, and it was it was not what I was expecting, so it was really dark in there start, to start with. <laughs> what was you expecting? Sorry, I, don't I, I don't quite know what I expected, but uh, not this. It was very sort of... Um, and this is not meant as to be Odd. insulting because it, it, it turned out to be wonderful, but it was very sort of disorganised and chaotic. <laughs> there was nothing like written. The running order was maybe a few handwritten notes, <laughs> literally like a few words. There was just nothing. There was no structure, no order. And, I, and I'm like someone who, who needs structure and order. Yeah. So right now I've got in front of me bullet points. I might not stick to them, but that's how I like to work. I like to have bullet points in front of me to work from. And I just, I was thinking to myself, like, how, like these guys must be geniuses. How are they making this work with so little kind of Do you know how, prep? how it is? Um, if I'm preparing for an interview, I wouldn't do that. I do, I, I, I have it in me to prepare. But the fighting cock isn't successful because it's well structured. It isn't mm. successful because we know how to put together a, a podcast, or we, or we did back, we, we thought we did back then. It, it wasn't. It's nothing to do with planning and structure. It's only to do with the chemistry between us. Or that's that's all it is, and and that's what I've learned. You know, we can do if we're getting a guest on, we'll do the correct amount of research to um, to ensure that the conversation is interesting. But um, it, ultimately, we just relies on can I make Ricky laugh during the podcast if i can then the podcast is going to be good or it is t gonna drink a bottle of rum and get uh, or like windy you're going to deviate from your um your your general persona online and the way you talk about spurs just on our podcast and if you do then it's, we've got it that's it and, and that's what i've that's what i've found because we can all talk about tottenham like, there are so many tottenham podcasts out there like when we started there was i think there was three right including the fighting cock there are so many out there now you can you can hear anybody talk talk about Spurs even people that are not Spurs fans journalists specialise in Spurs mm. and they might not even support the club so if you're looking for a podcast just to hear about Tottenham then there is take your pick and go and listen to anyone any week and you'll get what you need um, I 
think the reason why people stick with with um, the fighting cock is because of what we bring other than than Tottenham, and that's just a, a genuine love and admiration and and, um, and and will to to entertain each other. And I think that's the that's the secret, if there is one. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When did you realize then that you had something that could be more than than what it was at that time? When did you think I can build this? When did you realize that this could become something that actually starts to make some money? Uh, in terms of the business sense, just generally, what, what what was the point where you thought you suddenly thought this is something more than just four blokes sat around a table in a vintage clothes shop talking about Spurs? <laughs> Just so people know that it was a really gloomy, dark vintage clothes shop. She had the lights on, people start coming in and interrupting the recording. So that, there was a, it was, there was a it toilet was... that didn't flush. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you barely knew how to use the recording equipment at the time, so yeah. like you were just have to test constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was um, it was chaotic, but it was great. Um, I loved the. Fact, I never knew that about you, Wendy. I never knew that you came in walking, going, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> um, so we didn't have analytics on the on the podcast for, for the first three years I don't think maybe two two three years we didn't know if anyone was listening or how many were listening because podcasting is still in its infancy in terms of types of, of media that can be consumed it's very mm. young um, and they're only now finding out ways of producing reliable an- analytics that means that the, the industry is um, you know going to be attractive to advertisers but Back in the day, we didn't know, so we was literally just doing it for the fun. And then we had this guy called Mitch turn. This is the great thing about the fighting cock is whenever we kind of need something, someone turns up and gives it to us. I don't know if it would just you just notice it and stuff's always happening. But we needed a website, and Case turned up out of the blue and built us one without even us asking. And and we needed a way to we needed an app. And this guy Mitch came up. He's like, it's so weird. He was, I'm not even sure if he listens anymore. But he just turned up. He built an app because yeah, he's glad you can have that. He became like a part of what we were doing. 
coding for for about five or six months, and then um, he, he developed a piece of uh, software that enabled us to capture how many listens we were getting. And um, uh, yeah, yeah. So so, and then he just disappeared. <laughs> I don't know where he is. I have no idea where he is. Whatever happened to him? He did all his work for us, and then and then just so that was that. Um, but yeah, it was then that you start to think, oh, well, hang on, like so, so people are listening. This is this isn't just an ego trip. People are people are choosing to to spend time with us. And the algorithm, sorry, the the metric that he set up to capture the audience was quite conservative. So we was around back in eight or nine, um, sorry, eight on eight years ago maybe. We were getting about three or four thousand a week, if I remember rightly. And then we just noticed because it was tracked in every episode, it just kept going up, 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 up. It's not not exponentially, but almost like like you know it was it was it, you could just see the growth and we were having more and more fun and we were having more ideas and we we're doing interesting things like the survey and you know started to think about things like the 1882 movement which I know we're going to talk about but um it just it felt like we were doing something good but money was never a, a part of it money in fact was almost the opposite of what we wanted at the time like we were off we, at the beginning we were getting offered deals to do some work with certain people and we, it was like a badge of honor to say you know you know shove your money up your ass we were all about our team all about spurs and all about the shirt and all that kind of stuff um but uh yeah it wasn't you know i was just aware that we were doing something good and people enjoyed um it wasn't in terms of the business side of it the money making side of it it wasn't until i worked at bull street um i joined them about six years ago where I realized, um, firstly, they helped me, and I say helped me, they changed it, changed my perception about money in football. Um, if I'm being really honest, I kind of went in there with quite like with a with a position of like branding in football is evil. We should remove it, remove the money from the game, remove it. To so going in there and realizing actually, I don't know, it was, I, I guess to some degree, I was like, I looked at it, if I'm being really honest, and I was like, shit, there's, there is a lot of money to be made here. It's not even, it's not even a case of, um, you know, it, it's it's almost, you you can do this, you can maintain your integrity to some degree. Def- I definitely have taken some of the magic out of it by bringing money into it, unfortunately, but it's just always going to be that way. But if I can maintain what the crux of what the fighting cock is, like well, we would never change what we would say, how we talk about things for the sake of a sponsor um then maybe this is a risk worth t- worth worth taking and it was tentatively done and we were asking people if we got a sponsor would you stop listening and no one said no and what again another realization is most people don't care most people aren't invested in your product in as much as as much as you think they are you i like I, i've learned this that the vast majority of people listening don't care about the fighting cough and 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 i guess i naively i i thought that People listening care about it and are invested in it as much as I am. But they, of course they can't be because they don't live and breathe it every day for the last 10 years. They just enjoy it for 40 minutes. They turn it off and they forget all about us, which is the way it should be. So if I was walking around with this idea, like, well, you know, people are going to be ashamed of us or, or, or me for, for, for monetizing what we do. Uh, and then I realized that most people don't give a shit and they're just happy for you if you're doing being successful. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, the money side of it, the business side of it at, at Bull Street, I learned about uh, the business in in, in media, you know, football media specifically. But I learned I learned about how to monetize, how not to monetize, how to how to create something that fits in on brand and talk to, talk to the industry. Because um, I don't know if you want to hear the story, but we're working with a lot of what what what, what a, a lot of betting brands and, and other brands will come to you and they will talk to you because they know they don't want to go through an agency because an agency understands the business, so they want to come to you direct and they want to exploit your ignorance ultimately um and what what happened was because i learned so much at bull street and like when i say so much like like every day i was learning something about business in football media um 
that when these people were talking to me, I realised if I was being undercut, I realised if they were playing or if they were serious. And when I could conduct myself in a way that I wouldn't have been able to do if I hadn't gone to Paul Street, that meant that they knew what I, I was talking about. Either they disappeared really quickly and didn't waste any more of my time and, their, and mine theirs, I, or theirs mine. But um, but also they they, they realised, all right, this, this guy knows what he's talking about. And I'm sure you've already experienced some of this windy as well. But it's, um yeah, so I don't know if I've answered your question there at all. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. And um, the fact that you joined Ball Street, I mean, we all kind of watched your career unfold in some ways, and I'm sure listeners were the same, because when we, we all heard about your, you joining Ball Street because they were using you in front of the camera and on their podcast as well. Mm. Um, and you were talking about it on the Fighting Cock, so you're almost, in a way, documenting your own career trajectory. But mm. Ball Street came about for you through the Fighting Cock as well, didn't it? They, they approached you through the Fighting Cock, basically. Yeah, that that was... Um, so the Fighting Cock got nominated for a... Actually, say got nominated. What... It was the FBAs, the Football Blogging Awards, right? And I, look, I admire them, and, and the guy Anthony Cooper, I, uh, I, I know, you know, I've met him a few times, and he's a lovely guy. But this this system of uh, getting people approved to be up for an award at the Football Blogging Awards, or I think it's the Football Content Awards now was ingenious because it, it forced everybody to promote their brand over and yeah. over again so you had to get a certain number of nominations and someone would have to act uh, fbas in order for that to be considered a nomination so you've just got these influencers many of them didn't know that they were that what such a thing was at the time but just pushing out this bloke's brand for free it was fucking brilliant genius anyway we did it and uh we got uh we got shortlisted after they listened to different podcasts. We got shortlisted uh, for best po- football podcast in, uh, I guess, in England or UK. And me, Bardi, Windy, you was there, Windy? Yeah. Yeah, you was there because you shared a room with Bardi. And um, <laughs> my engineer, Al, T, uh, uh, Case, and Ricky. Uh, and uh, is that everyone? I think. And I, um, we, I mean, we were, we've, we've gone from recording in a pub, in a bedroom, in a shop, in, you know, no support, no no actual backing or anything like that, to at this award show in, in, in Manchester. And we were togged up. We looked the bollocks. Like everyone was, uh, lo- looked lovely, um, uh, you know, suits and that. And um, but, but we started very early. And we started... Too then, early, so would say. So, I mean, we're talking like proper early, like the minute, the minute I woke up, I started. And um, by the time the night came round, when the award, like, we... Uh, I was all right, I felt. Anyway, so... Um, Matt, who runs Ball Street at the time, were very fledgling then. They had some good successes, but they were building a team. They wanted to build a team, and they didn't know about us. And they interviewed me. And I'm not sure if I can talk about this on your podcast, but I, I, um, I was under the influence of several things. And um, and when you are, <laughs> well, what happens to me on under this particular thing that I, um, I was under the influence by? Uh, it makes me very gregarious, talkative, and, and engaging, and interested in what other people are saying. So I did this. <laughs> They held the camera up and I introduced us to the fighting cock. I've seen the footage. It's mad because like Hallie didn't know if I was off my tits. I don't know. But... And I introduced each one who was with me. I don't know if you were there, but it was a line of us. And I introduced them and all the qualities they had and why they were great for the podcast. And <laughs> for some reason, this resonated with Matt. And he literally, about a week later, we ran up and went like, um, we're interested in taking you on, but we need a couple of months. Can you sit, hand, sit, sit and you know, wait? And I was like, I was already thinking about leaving the job in the charity sector because it, after 12 years of doing 
doing that, I was exhausted and done. I couldn't hear another story, another harrowing story about some kid, I don't know, whatever. All the bad things that happen to young people in poverty. Um, so I was looking for an out and I, I basically forced her arm somewhat by saying, look, I'm, I've been offered, I had, had been offered another job and uh, for uh, another company, doesn't matter. I can't say the name of it, I don't think. But the, um, uh, then uh, then they put, pulled me forward. So they pulled, pulled me in three months earlier than they should have done. And as a result, I just sat in an office with fuck all to do for three months. But what they did do, which they, they, they brought me, because my background up until that point was also editorial and uh, magazine-based and design-based. So, uh, I mean, like... Uh, project leading designers and an editorial to produce magazines and websites and stuff like that so um that's what i thought i was going in to do at bull street they i thought that they wanted me to help build a website that's how they brought me in but what actually they wanted was another presenter someone to be on camera now i as 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 i've talked about ego and that and, and I'm enjoying this, I guess, because I get to talk about myself. But uh, one of the things I never wanted to do was like presenter. I found it cringy and 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 a bit like it's not something I wanted to do. The podcast is one thing, but the Fighting Club podcast isn't presenting. I'm not presenting. It's I'm engineering a, or leading a discussion, right? Or, or engineering a discussion in a certain way, but it isn't presenting in the conventional form, is it? You just turn the mic on and we talk. It's, it's not like presenting for YouTube or anything like that. So it wasn't something I wanted to do or be on YouTube really. Because remember at the time Arsenal Fan TV was quite big and I didn't want to be tired with that. Uh, but they forced me to. Do do it they didn't want me to build a website they never wanted a website they just said well get him in on this percent put on this this idea and then we just keep sticking him in camera until he does it or quit <laughs> so yeah i did it that's mad that is i i didn't know that uh, i didn't realize not, that it's you also got any not legal kind of talent as well it's not legal you can't bring somebody and get them to sign a contract with, with certain for uh, one target. particular job description <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and then just, just pull the pull the rug out yeah exactly which is what they've done but they they they, they Matt, it was Matt's idea, and he came from the right place. He believed that that was a quality I had, um, and it, I just decided to um, I'd go along with it. I help. I mean, I just, what am I going to do? Walk away? Go back to my old job? Or I'd, I'd do it. Um, so I just managed to kind of. I luckily had James next to me, who is an amazing individual and incredible at what he does, and not just that. What you don't see behind the scenes, how hard he works, mad. I couldn't be bothered to work as hard as he can, but he's so ambitious. Um, so I had him, who could be the chipper presenter type, and then I could just be this prick who's not really reluctant about it all and it kind of worked. So you had your editorial skills from your job for the charity magazine. You yeah. went to Bull Street and you built up your knowledge of the media industry and how the kind of mucky side of football works, the money side. And you had an idea from working for Bull Street of how content creators were making a living. Yeah. Is that when you realised that the fighting cock could be a standalone business in itself? Yes. About... A year into Bull Street, I realised that there was um, there was two 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 things actually. I realised that, um, that 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 you can make money on smaller audiences for podcasts. I realised that there's a different value in different audiences depending on which format they're using. So if you're using YouTube, um, then twenty thousand views isn't going to be as is is about as valuable as one thousand listens on a podcast. And it's all about how media is consumed. So if you consume YouTube in front of your on your phone or on on your laptop computer there's so many other things that can distract you you'll get alert you'll get a a pop notification an email will come through you'll stop watching that video or the video is boring you've just got so many options to move away from the video um that's it it's the the CPM, which is like the cost per thousand listens. So, you know, if you get paid 20 quid per thousand views on YouTube, you're doing really well. But the reality is that's what you might get paid on on your podcasting. So 
Uh, yeah, so it's about how captive the audience is and how engaged they are. Now, what the beauty of podcasts is, and you're found, like, don't think about the fighting cock or the extreme. Think about another podcast that you love and then think about how much you just love to be a part of that conversation with them. Like, you just want to sit down and talk. Like, I, I want to be interviewed by, um, what's his name? Uh, I want to be on Relestifer. Rel- it's funny. Oh, yes. It's so yes. funny. It's such a great I've never. I've got no value there. I'll never be able to be in there. I'm not. I never will be anywhere near someone who sits in that chair, but I love it, right? So you love sitting there and listening. Well, there might be a different one. It's the same thing with podcasts. So people are engaged. They become they identifiable or they identify with the people on the podcast if they like them. And they really want to be a part of that that conversation. But also, because we're so open on the podcast, they feel like they know us as well. The amount of, I'm sure you've had this as well, Wendy, is mm. when, when you're at the, doing the socials and stuff like that, your people are coming up to you and they're so lovely and so like like open that it's almost you take a step back a little bit. I I I, I found it's like, whoa, like um, and then and then they'll bring up something that you've brought up but you've forgotten you've even said. Like, how the fuck do you know that? But obviously you know now that you know now that that's what it is and they're just remembering stuff and funny things that that, that resonate. Like they know stuff about my missus and at the socials come up to and say, Oh how, how's your chickens? And my missus like, how the fuck do you know I've got chickens? <laughs> or whatever it might be. Um so my, my point is here, right, is that the podcast audience is is valuable. And I realise that why I didn't have we didn't have like a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand people listen to it every week we had you know 20,000 and of those 20,000 a certain percent percentage of it which you know we created as a thing it is um it's going to be very uh you know involved and engaged with what we're doing and want to be a part of it and want to support the podcast so yeah, I, I, it became apparent to me that there are several ways I could make money out of, uh, of doing this without giving up any of the quality. So it was that point where, uh, yeah, I, I, I realized this was a possibility. But it wasn't until I made the leap, so I left Wall Street, that I was 100% convinced that it could work. So that's the difference. It's one thing knowing that it could or thinking this might work if I can give it more time. If I, if I can find one more brand deal, then now's, now's the time to go. But it, it reached a point where I was just like, I've just got to fucking see if this works now. And if it does, it does. If it doesn't, I'll just get a job in a pub or something. That's the bit that I struggle with. I, I, I can't quite get my head around how brave that decision was to sort of make a leap without having something firmer in place. But I guess I guess you had the you you knew what you needed to do, it was just doing it. Well, um, were there yeah. kind of practical skills as well that you had to learn in that time? Because I'm thinking, you know, if you're setting up for yourself, that that's sounds like a great idea. But then you've got to do things like a tax return. You've got to do keep on top of your bookkeeping. You've got to have invoice knowledge to be able to send out in, the appropriate invoice to different companies mm. you're working with. All of these things. Did you did you have to teach yourself how to do these things? Um, for, I've got an accountant first of all that does all that. So I uh, no, I don't want to. I cannot, and I will not put myself through the stress of having to manage my books and it's the, the cost of paying someone else to do it is um so worth it <laughs> it's the stress you know like people are obsessed about money but the reason why people don't earn money is because they they want their lives to be less stressful in the future i yeah. want to be relaxed but they'll put themselves through undue stress now for this 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 sort of distant future that may or may not exist so if i can pay an, an uh, accountant each month to sort that stuff to do my tax returns do my personal tax returns then to me that's money well spent that's 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 making my life better and, and that's the point of money isn't it making your life better um 
so yeah, there's that invoicing so I've been doing um freelance work for before even I joined Boyle Street. For when I worked at Exposure, I was doing freelance editorial, freelance copywriting, that sort of stuff. So um uh yeah, that wasn't the practical aspects of it wasn't an issue. I just want to go quickly back to something that when I made the jump out, I had I had a contract with a betting company which was gonna run for another twelve months from the point where I'd left Bull Street. So I knew that I had a wage from Bull Street, right? Uh, I knew what that was and I knew what I could live on. And and then I had this contract and I only had to make another maybe ten grand on top through the year to 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 get within my living which would mean I could live without having to worry about debt. It wouldn't mean I wouldn't have been rich by any stretch of the imagination or wouldn't have been had a very comfortable life, but at least I wouldn't have to worry about paying the bills. Um so I had that and then I had ACAST which would which would make a part make up a part of that, but not a huge amount because you don't get paid a massive amount from ACAST. So I just thought, well if I can pick up a bit of work here and there, I can devote all my attention to the fighting cock and just see what's out there. Um then uh, it, it, it surely I can make this work. Um, now it was at that point where we decided that I could do Patreon. We could make Patreon a thing. It was about three months after I, I quit, I think, where Patreon became a thing. If if Patreon hadn't been a success, right, and and there there are seven hundred plus people now that pay for that content, then I would hundred percent with that's gone back to work because my deal with that betting company as I'm currently taking them to court because they haven't paid. Uh, Acast to change their metric in terms of how value how they value uh, how they quanti- quantify what a, a podcast listen is which means that all podcasts have seen a substantial drop because previously you could listen to the podcast a, a part of the podcast at home a bit on the train and a bit where you got to work to go to work that would quantify as free listens which isn't valuable to an advertiser they want to know how many individual unique people are, uh, are listening so it made so we lost money revenue from a cast because about a third of our audience went with their new metric it, in reality that was always the audience but it was more concise wasn't it it's was more scientific about what is so we lost an audience there which made that number of uh total listens it it reduced so that it made it very difficult for us to go to new potential brands or partners and say look at our figures aren't they amazing because what we've actually seen is a 30 percent drop so they're going to be like well hang on there's a podcast drop here the audience was this big previously people were buying for that so it's very complicated and a difficult situation in the long run it will be for the better but it meant that revenue from a class dropped as well and i would have been without without Patreon, completely and utterly fun, uh, which is why it's such an, a, a massive, massive thing. And and without, like I said, like it's, essentially it's 720 people paying my wages. Um, and it's it's an incredible thing, which is why right now we're putting out a piece of content every day because um, people want need it, I guess. And, and it's as a, a bit of a thank you now for me to work as hard as I can to ensure that there's content for people to listen to or have stuck with us who, continue, who have joined Patreon to have as much content as they can consume from us for the price that they pay. I have to say, if I wasn't getting the Patreon content just through being part of the uh, collective, I would 100% be signed up. The content is superb. And the thing that I've noticed is it's allowed you to sort of veer away from talking about Spurs. Yeah. Um, which has always been a bit of a passion of yours. You've always wanted to do a separate podcast for as long as I can remember um, being in the group, talking to everyone. You've always wanted to do kind of a, a current affairs or a pop culture style podcast where you just talk about things that are on your mind, funny stories with, you know, our mates, basically. 
And the No Holds Barred podcast, which Patreon subscribers get, is is so good. It's 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 a fantastic piece of content in itself. But it's not just that. You're doing specials, aren't you? This week, for example, um, or last week, you, you recorded a special with um, a nurse who's helping uh, treat COVID-19 yep. sufferers, which was just fantastic. You've recently released a podcast with two pilots to talk about the experience of flying planes and Mate, what that, it's like. Honestly, the most enjoyable conversation I've had in a long, long time, that, that was so good and uh, the, the the blind runner tim yeah. <laughs> uh who you were asking about uh how a blind person knows when to stop wiping their ass uh, which is just <laughs> no, so the best, the best one someone sent in was how the uh have you ever been caught masturbating and he's like no and he's like well how you don't know <laughs> you could have been <laughs> and what was great about that conversation is that he he he's like he listens to the podcast so he knows what we are he's lovely he's so good i'm honestly mate he's he's a lovely lovely man he'll be listening to this no doubt but um and he just he was just so open and i i could have i knew from the minute talking to him that i could have fun with it like i it wasn't a really oh, let's have a really some serious conversation about you being blind because like it must like, everyone knows it's fucking like everybody there isn't a person under the sun who doesn't appreciate how difficult life must be if you can't see right mm. so let's not have that conversation again let's actually have a bit of fun with it and, and make it like oh and actually let's ask the questions that people want to know what is interesting about being blind like how do you use adult material how do you um form a relationship with someone you can't see and that's the, some of the things you see like you don't know you you formed you, you know how your wife's face looked by a pinprick that you can see through and you've spent time studying her face to understand what the, the, the what the person you you're married to and you love looks like that's that's incredible to understand what that is right and how your brain works so it's about that yeah i mean i, I i've loved it i really loved it Wendy, man. I, I mean noah's bar was also always an opportunity to get to talk about things other than spurs and like i do love the club um, but everybody knows how stressful it can be and has been over the last year following Tottenham. And if it's all you do constantly all day, every piece of work, every invoice you send, it's, it's, it's around the football club. It drives around the bend eventually as much as you love. It. So yeah, No Hospital really gives us an opportunity to um, talk about other things. And what's been really good to come out of this period of isolation is that we've had to be creative about what we can do and who we can talk to. So <clears throat> how I've found it working is I'm not doing anything to seek out these people. I'm just having conversations with people. I think, oh, fuck, that'd be interesting. Like, talking to Ben about the pilots, and I've always been terrified of flying, so it makes sense to have a conversation from someone who's scared of flying to someone who flies there all the time, find out what the fuck's going on in airplanes and why, why am I scared and why you're not. Um... And I did that conversation with a guy who, um, Austin, Bethnal Green Bear, who, who uh, works in the city, earned lots of money, and then just left to work in guest houses in Iceland because he needed a change in his lifestyle. From that, honestly, Wendy, we've got an absolute banger. This is going to aid the pod, uh, podcast a little bit. But Friday this week, which will be the 10th of April, we're talking to a guy who um, bought some Bitcoin in 2017. And that's all I'm going to say. It's honestly one of the best stories I've ever heard. Um, I'm, I'm recording that to with him tomorrow um so I'm, I'm so excited for you you're getting to do this now and i i would urge anyone who's uh considered becoming a patron to the fighting cock do, do it do it for this month get listen to that listen to all the back catalogue of of um, podcasts listen to the the bitcoin podcast mm. and i guarantee you you won't want to give up your well, monthly subscription because there's so much good stuff coming out there, there there is um i know this isn't a push right but that's a great point is if you haven't got a lot of money and you want access to it like six, six quid you've got a month to do this just download everything we've done download all of the no holds barred there's like 56 57 episodes of that download it all and that's yours then you don't have to you can you can 
you can um, you know just cancel your thing and then in six months time sign up again and download it all again if you want mm. if you haven't got the money if you don't want to support or you can't support then that, that might be a good way to do um, but yeah it's so much it's, it's, it's I'm finding it really really fun to do and um, it's great because I had this idea about this podcast called Story for such a long time um, where I wanted to talk to ordinary people everybody has a story you've got a story mm. I mean sorry Wendy you've got a story Spooky has a story the stuff that you can that we can find that's interesting to say um, it's just you can't dig into everybody can you so you wait until someone pops up and says um oh i've got something to say and then you find out if it's interesting or not but yeah everybody has a story and so i just applied it to this now so it's um i'm, I'm really 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 enjoying doing it uh yeah so there's one more thing i want to talk about and that is something you've kind of touched on yourself a little bit already um you've become quite well known in in your own right you've got a following away from the fighting cock now partly through bull street and partly through your channel james and Flav. for now you said you know James is a dear friend of yours who you sat next to at Bull Street and got to know and uh, you two have some real natural chemistry to the extent where you've actually got two fan-made Twitter accounts dedicated to that side project which is just mad <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it must all have an impact on you ego I mean I know because we're very very close friends and we talk daily I, I know that you are a very resilient character and you don't let any criticism get to you whereas <laughs> I've been guilty of that in the past and you've given me plenty of advice about you know just ignore just ignore them they're jealous etc etc but it must take its toll how how do you cope with it all? um I, i'm not i i i i, I am i'm not it does like I do. I I am impacted by criticism. I'm not like mm. I, I. I in fact I hate it, and and I hate it if if someone knows me and criticizes me. I I find that really difficult. Mm. Some bloke on the internet digs me out like fucking nothing, does it? Mm. It's just some, mm. it's not real. It isn't real. They're not. They, most of the time they don't feel it. Um, if it's someone you know, that's a little bit different. But um, yeah, generally like you put your head above the parapet, you're opening yourself up to this stuff. You're you can't not expect it, and you can't let it impact you in any significant way because um you go fucking mad uh but i I know there are aspects to um you know it does it does it does get to you sometimes especially if you feel like there's been a couple of times where i'm skirting around things and not really answering your question there was one time where i i I made some bad decisions about some content of the fighting cop which will haunt me forever and um it was like that you know that film we made the 1882 film Hmm. charlton one and then had reservations at the time but i just because i paid the bloke to do it it was like 100 quid or something which I didn't I had no money back then I just kind of felt the urge to stick it out even though I knew it wasn't right um, and I got absolutely drawn over the coals for it and rightly so because it was shit um, but I, I learned from that point that that if you do something and you know it and you know and you put it out anyway because you don't have the bollocks to say actually this is not right enough and then you get stick for it then that's on you if you're doing so if you're on Twitter and you're talking in a certain way that you know is going to generate a certain amount of um, negative energy coming away then this is your choice to do it you can't take you can't then moan, moan about it um, if, if someone's just coming out of the blue and criticising you for something that's completely unjust then it's literally not worth not worth thinking about I remember mm. this guy on Twitter every Friday night he'd have a drink and then just start calling me a C, C word on um, on Twitter like out of nowhere just like do you know you're a C bomb um, and that was easy to ignore it's weird like he's pissed up his probably life isn't going where he wants it to go and he looks at someone else who's um, who's sticking his head above the parapet again I'm not saying I look at someone else who's being successful that's not what I'm saying if we weren't successful we were just doing a pod but what we were doing was putting up above the parapet and going no hello look at me and that's when people take shots at it alright so um, I'm not I wouldn't say I was really resilient but I can I can pick as and when what 
I know when some criticism is just and when it ain't. And and the hardest stuff is when it comes from you know you know the boys in, in the fighting cock. If you know if someone says something like oh, I've done something wrong, my instant my instant reaction is just to brick wall them. Like, not not like throughout my life, just brick wall aside and like, ignore it. And it takes a while for that feeling to subside and then go. Actually, you were right. Mm. Uh, and that's that's still kind of never. I haven't mastered that yet. Your judgment's been pretty good though. I mean, a couple of slip ups in ten years. Uh, not bad. Most people would be pretty happy with that, right? Not bad, yeah. yeah. There's been more than a couple, but there's, there's been a couple that really kind of hit home. <laughs> so know. I guess the, the place to finish is what's next? Fuck, what's next? Uh, I don't do you know. Have, do you have, do you have a plan? No, no, no. No plan. Just carry on. Uh, jump on opportunities as they come. Um, make sure you make the right decision about those opportunities. Uh, and that's it, really. My, do you know what my, my um, ambitions are all about? Uh, they're much smaller than they were, you know, previously. Like I wanted to, uh, I wanted to own a home, and I wanted to have money, and I wanted to be able to buy nice trainers and drive a nice car, and I, I wanted to, all of that shit. Um, and I wanted a football club with cheaper ticket prices. I wanted, I wanted the world to give me so much. Um, but I realised like, all I want, I, I live out in the Wiltshire, out in the sticks. Now I talk about it often enough; people are aware. I'm with my missus, who I love dearly. I live my stepkids, who I, who I love dearly. Uh, we've got a lovely little part of the world. I just want to maintain this mate and and um and i think i can do that by continuing to do what we've done previously and just identifying those opportunities and continuing to do stuff and i know this is like the most obvious thing in the world but mm. the world is full of people who don't do stuff just do stuff and i swear opportunities will come to you love that's it that's come that's a that's a motivational quote to end on yeah well, don't don't because it makes there's more more room for us like more of the people <laughs> will do but i'd be happily if none of you bastards did anything then i'll do the shit and get all the stuff just tell us what to do <laughs> flav where can people uh find out more about fighting cock patreon you uh uh so, sorry patreon is um uh, www.patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n forward slash the fighting cock and i guess if i mean they want to find out more about me it'd just be by listening to that content because i'm on every single piece i'm sick of people I, I i can't listen back to any of it anymore i'm sick of my own voice i hate it i hate it i, I won't listen back to this i just can't hear myself speak anymore and i'm, I'm surprised people don't go mad with it um but yeah so we're, we're producing daily content on patreon every day it's either a podcast a film or um it's generally a podcast or something yeah. so yeah other than that just listen to the podcast keep supporting and um, yeah, download the extra inch every week as well oh bless you Flav thank you ever so much for being so open it was a fascinating conversation <laughs> if you say so Wendy cheers mate you've been listening to the extra inch thanks to Nathan A. Clark for production thanks to Barney for being Italian thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork thanks to David Lindner for our intro music you can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and his SoundCloud D Lindner do check him out he's great great, great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.